Hello, I'm Nina Baxter. And I'm Jo Thompson. And this is our podcast, Rich Pickings. Thank you for joining us. And today, super excitingly, we have our great friend, but generally, just generally great person, anyway, James Alexander Sinclair, all-round fabulous person, garden designer, writer, speaker, broadcaster, huge amounts of for charity, which we'll talk about later, generally I would say Renaissance man, but I'll be going to be asking you about your your scientific skills and if you have any in a minute, James. So, because doesn't a Renaissance man have to be able to do everything? I think a bit of everything. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see about that. But James, what's really funny though is that um, obviously I know you well, but I thought, as you do, doing a podcast, do a little bit of research. And when I have Googled in the past, Joe Thompson. So what comes up in the search box when you when you type in Joe Thompson is Joe Thompson, how old? That's the that's what you get at the top. And I did that with Mark Diacono, our great friend, who we interviewed recently. And what came up in his search box was, is Mark Diacono married? Interesting. So would you like to know what came up at the top for you? <laughs> what was it? I mean, it's, it's OK. So so it's got to be something <laughs> more exciting than both of those. Uh, Much I, more exciting. OK, what is it? What is it's it? It's James Alexander Sinclair. Net worth. Oh, OK. <laughs> Which is brilliant. <laughs> So people are Googling you to see how much you're worth. Yeah. Isn't that fantastic? I'm not worth very much, just, just to get that clear. <laughs> at, at, this, at this low point, we'll say we're starting from a very, very, very low point here. What, nobody wants to know if I'm, nobody wants to marry me? Nobody wants well, to I, I mean, I'm sure they and do. Nobody, nobody wants to marry me either. Well, <laughs> I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure they do. They just want to know how old I am. They obviously nobody want to know that you're are. worth enough to marry. That was Joe Thompson. I thought Joe Thompson was the same age as me at one point. Jo, because I'd lied about my yeah. date of birth on my my Facebook. Facebook but, like most people take 10 years off their pay, uh, their age. And I decided to add 10 years. I God knows why. Or maybe it was bad maths. I don't know. And yes, I remember sitting there one day when you said, well, you're whatever. I was 10 years older than, oh, I don't know. You're not 10 years older than me. But anyway, you added you added a few years to a lady's life. And that's, and that's, that's not a good thing. It was most embarrassing, but it was entirely your own fault. And I thought, oh, lovely, Joe and I, we share, we share our birth year. And actually, actually, we don't. She, she's young enough to be my child. No. I think, yeah, I'll, I'll take that. Now, that would have been at a one of the Chelsea Flower shows. I'm pretty sure I remember that that very moment, in fact, where, where it took place was at a Chelsea Flower Show, when you were judging and you you still judge. And my, I would say one of the things about you is that you're very honest. And I remember one time when I think I must have received a medal that wasn't a gold, which happened quite a few times. And I remember you oh, coming along. Awful, <laughs> and I remember you coming along and giving me one of those hugs for which you are world famous yeah because they're always really long and really nice and yeah you're giving me this hug and I think I I was thinking this is great and then you whispered in my ear because I was feeling very sad about my whatever it was silver gilt medal you whispered in my ear well it was a bit shit wasn't it (laughs) well yes I mean (laughs) And was I right? Yes, yes, of course. <laughs> you know, only takes a you know a couple of weeks distance from it to see. Absolutely, <laughs> it was. And I think that's what's so refreshing about you is is well, I would say apart from adding a few years to my age, is that you do you know you say it like it is, but you do have a filter, don't you? You, you know, do. no, I do. I'm only all I'm doing is I'm saying. It's not just my opinion. That's the important thing about judging. It's not just James wandering around saying, oh, well, Joe's a bit shit and all that kind of stuff. It's that I, I'm just I'm just conveying the opinion of of, of others. Yes, but, they all thought it was shit. But I think that's good. <laughs> yeah. it's love. But you know what? I'm just thinking as we're sitting chatting about it, would that be 
allow you've got to be careful. You might get cancelled. There are certain people who I wouldn't say that to because <laughs> I feel that they might burst into tears or hit me. I've, I've been I've been nearly hit on a couple of occasions. Are, you, really? are you allowed to say anything? Yeah, there, was a, there was one moment when, when when I was backed against the against, you know, those big wheelie bins. Yes. In the corner of a garden by, by Chelsea Burley landscapers. Oh, <gasps> Ooh. Who were who were most unamused by the by the by the whole thing? I mean, <laughs> what can I do? It's over. It's done. I'm not going. We're not going to go um, back and change the whole thing thing no. again. Yes, yes. There have been moments like that. There was. I've had a couple of people who absolutely refuse to listen, and they absolutely completely will not will not listen to to any sort of commentary or criticism or anything like that. Um, <laughs> I haven't actually ever been punched. But I think I've got close to it. Touch, Ooh. touch some wood. Yeah, quickly. Do both, you? Both of you could do. You're both yeah, judging. Yeah, yeah, yes, yes, yes. We're in danger too now. Uh, yeah. Do, do you, I suppose it's because it is a slightly mad world, isn't it? The world of creating a garden at a show, and the whole the run up up to it, which is which is at least a year, a year's worth of preparation, mm. takes over people's lives brains minds sanity completely and yeah it's ex- it's an extraordinary thing isn't it to build a garden in a week but and it's the, taken a year the analogy that, that i use is 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 the fact that what you're basically doing is that you're coming up to somebody and saying look i'm really sorry but your baby is quite ugly yeah that's right yes. it's, yeah it's taken the same amount of time to produce this garden gestation to, yeah to produce, to produce to produce a baby and you're coming up and saying yeah, its ears stick out a bit, and and its nose is a bit is is a bit you know wobbly, <laughs> uh, and quite frankly, it would be better off with ten toes rather than twelve. You know, it's that it's that kind of thing. It is, um, and people will never thank you for it. But we we've both been we've all been on both sides, so you know we know the sweat, blood, and tears that goes into building these things, and you know you do get a bit tunnel vision at the end of it and now so now being on the other side of it and being a judge it's you, you start feeling a bit sympathetic for these bedraggled people that you see uh, the last minute throwing the the final yeah. plants well, in yeah. and, and it's tough it's tough uh, it's a it's a very tough thing to do is, is is to make a show gardener and and you know in yours joe has been mostly pretty damn good actually yeah some of them all yeah, thank you. If you can remember one or two of them, that's always a good thing. How but... many have there been? Oh, 11, 12, 13, oh, something God, like no, that. I, can't I don't know. Don't, <laughs> don't remember the bad ones. But I was just thinking, you know, why would somebody put themselves through all of that, which is what we ask ourselves each year. And then, you know, why do you spend all that time, you know, that blood, sweat and tears creating this garden? But then, as I'm saying that, I'm remembering you are the RHS ambassador for design, so for garden design. Yes. Aren't you? Yes. Yes. And what does that entail? Yeah, what does that what? So that's, a very, that's a very good question. And it's not really something that I can't quite worked out yet. In that, I, they, I was very sweetly made the garden, you know, the RHS garden ambassador for garden design last year. Yeah. And I sat there. And I thought, what's it for? What do I do? Okay. How do I? What? Yeah. How do I? How do I get get something done in this sort of case? Oh. So, okay, I don't quite know what it is, but it's it's basically my job. I think is to try and just encourage people to have fun and to uh, enjoy themselves and also for the various different organizations within you know the field of gardening to actually talk to each other which i think is quite important so so i am i am the sort of united nations um and trying to actually you know is there a point in two different people doing the same thing at the same time when they could be quite happy to be doing it together which would then involve yeah. you know having a nice time and chatting to each other and having a cup of tea and a biscuit and, you know, all of that, all of those sort of sort of important things. So, so, so that is what I feel that my job is. I don't really know because nobody's, nobody's told me what my job is. So I'm trying to invent it myself. All suggestions welcome. (laughs) So I think that's well, for a start, that is properly ambassadoring, isn't it? You're doing what an ambassador does, which is talk to different people and bring them together. Make connections. But also you're being very logical because I think you all, you have always have a very, logical clear view well it seems that you have a very logical clear approach to things and, and very nice things. For some reason. i know i'm saving up the rude bits for later um 
and I think it's 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 refreshing in in a world of fluff to hear words that that cut through and are clear. I hope that my words are fluffy as well. Fluffy is something that I take great pride in, actually. Are these fluffy? Do you have a fluffy story? I just have fluff. Yeah, I've always considered myself to be to to to, to be capable of delivering a, a, a high standard of fluff whenever required. <laughs> I think on that, actually, you've reminded me. So I've become a little bit obsessed oh. lately with Chat GBT. She has GPT, oh, yeah. G, GBT, whatever it's called. Yeah. That. yeah. And <laughs> I was trying to get I was trying to make it write an article for me the other day. And it's yeah, quite Joe funny. did that too. Yeah. I tried yeah. to I, I, I tried to make it write the last two chapters of my book and it wouldn't do it. It was so rough. I, I have this column in Gardens World magazine that I've been doing for oh 16 years. Wow. And it's called We Love, and it's We Love and then the month. So yes. it's we, yes, January. Yes, it's yeah. Why yeah. what why we why we do all these sort of things. And I and, and having thought of, of 17 reasons to, for loving oh. February, I suddenly thought, oh, maybe, maybe <laughs> Chat GBT can think of a reason that I haven't thought of. And it didn't. It just went off on the boring things about, oh yeah, you know, frost and, and crocus and crocuses, all that. Oh, yeah. I wanted other things. I wanted <laughs> other different things. What I realized. Well, I'm suspicious, actually, is that I'm convinced there are many social media users, mainly Instagrammers, who are getting either getting their text from chat GPT or it's getting its text from them or both. Because there's quite a lot of wafting and verdant and brimming and dancing merrily. Nodding on the, and on the, a lot of purple praise comes out, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. So I I. Yeah, so I put in, write about gardens in the style of James Alexander Sinclair. And I'm not going to read it because it went on for a start. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is it dreadful? <laughs> it starts off, gardens, gardens, gardens. They're a source of great delight. A place where we can revel in nature's boundless might. So it's written a, a poem. 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 Yeah, yeah. I didn't even ask it to write a poem. And it's written a poem from you, uh, about by you. And it goes on. I can send it to you later. I, I, won't, I won't go on too much here. But or shall I go on? Would you like to hear it? Well, only if there's any good bits. Uh, it goes on. It Basically, it's taken bits from everybody's garden design website. It can be a garden can be grand and grandiose or small and cosy. It can be brimming with flowers or lush and verdant cosy. It didn't find anything to rhyme with cosy. A place where we can escape the hustle and bustle of life, whether it's a rambling country estate or a tiny urban plot. A garden is a treasure, a jewel in the crown of any spot. I'm sorry, that's that's complete <laughs> bollocks. Yes, yeah. you are, isn't it? Oh, for in a garden we find a connection to the natural world, obviously. A place where the beauty of the earth is gloriously unfurled. I really, really hope I write better than that. I really yeah, hope it does. Yeah. I it's, think uh, that's quite reassuring, don't you? Because yeah. you know that chat, you know, it's it's been gathering its data for 20 years or whatever it's been doing, and it still can't it we can't do it yet. I it mean it will be able it. to do it. It will be doing it. It will be doing it. In ten years' time we'll be sitting there and, and we won't even have to be here. We can just be, no, be we go on it, holiday. It, it, chat GBT will be podcasting with itself. Yeah. And, yeah, exactly. Yeah. In, the, in, in, in the style of rich pickings. James, yes. I, I I really need to ask you where your hat's gone. Where's the hat? You know your bushwhacker hat. Yeah, Is it called a bushwhacker the, hat? It's on a hook somewhere over there. For years and years and years. So when I when I first met I think, no, before I met you, I saw you on the telly because you got so you were a hero before I met you, a bit fangirling here. So you were on the telly and I remember one garden specifically, you were doing a garden, a garden making programme called... A makeover thing called Small Town Gardens, basically. Yes, and there was one with a lot of chains hanging oh, yeah, that, 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 that's Yes, I designed that. It was, it was chains and rubber. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> it was that quite fun, that garden. That was, you... that was that was basically there was this, there was a there was a, a television series called Small Town Gardens, which there were three series, and the first one was presented by uh, by Rachel Detain, and the second one by Joe Swift, and the third one by me. And there was no fourth one because I basically killed it. I killed makeover television at that point. But in series two, I I built this garden. It was in Chippenham, 
and uh, and and Joe was presenting it, and and it was basically it was on a hill, and so we built the we built we, we came out from the hill, and so it was this platform that came out from the hill with yeah. the hill underneath it, and so and and then I hung chains all the way around it, and the floor was made of rubber, and there was this sort of sort of dungeon underneath it with a with a log burning stove in it. S and M garden. It was. It was, and then I did this weird fence that basically was these enormous great sheets of MDF that basically turned as they went down the hill, which was you know a step. Too yes. Far. Oh yes. The neighbours complained, and we got onto page three of the Daily Mail. Oh no! Brilliant. Brilliant. BBC ruined my garden. Said so and so from from Chippenham. But the funniest thing about it is it was me designing it. And it was Joe Swift um, presenting the program, and whose photograph did they put on the page three of the Daily Mail? Rachel Detain. Rachel Detain, <laughs> obviously. Yes, they did. Did you think, was there anything going through your mind when you were coming up with ideas and thinking, mm, rubber, chains, I might be able to get away with this? Were, were, you, were you thinking it might be a little risque? Did you... To have a problem, kind of getting it through, getting it. No, it was it was problem. okay. It was you know, it's 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 chains and it's rubber. What's wrong with that? I would have thought that's that's a, well, a, like what, an important part of everybody's life, isn't it? What decade was this? Was this the eighties? Nineties. Nineties. No, 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 it wasn't. No, it was, it was, it was the... two. No, it was two thousand and two. It was. Oh, oh okay. Yeah. So I was just thinking two thousand and two. Yes, because that was when. Yes, definitely, that was when I first started watching it because I. Yes, I I didn't become really interested in gardens for for until oh, I was a grown up. When did you, James? When did you first start? Were Were you a sort of childhood prodigy dibbing and? Oh no, no g- gardening was something really boring that my parents did. Yeah, yeah. Why would I want to do that? Why would I want to be, be interested in in doing that? And then. And then I basically I tried to do a lot of things and and failed to to fully get hold of all of them. Um, uh, and, and you know I was I was an actor for a bit and I was a photographer for a bit and I was Father Christmas in Harrods at one point. Oh! I, I worked in a jeans shop in the King's Road. I was a waiter. I worked in in um, um, uh, Asprey's packaging boxes. You know all of this kind of stuff. So I had yeah. all the, all these things. I basically I I, I left. A, I left school at seventeen after a, a, a very expensive education, um, and, and but I but but it, I wasn't sure what to, what to do with it. And eventually, I fell into gardening by mistake because I had nothing else. And, and at that point, obviously not now because it's 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 a, des- a desirable profession. It was basically landscaping was the last refuge of the unemployable. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. So, so I basically went and went and did that, and then that's how it all started. So so no, I was not a child prodigy. I'm I'm. Thinking, I'm still sort of sorry. I've I've, I've got stuck on the Father Christmas in Harris. Yes, yeah, I can picture it. And so, tell me more about that. So, did it involve at that time? Were you still allowed people to sit on your knee? Yeah, that all they meant. God, because nowadays, my, yeah. When my children were little, you still had to hold me back from Father Christmas when when we went to visit him because I, I. There is a small bit of me, I know this podcast isn't about me, but there is a small bit of me that still believes that Father Christmas exists. Oh my God, we should have a warning at the beginning of this podcast. <laughs> Don't <laughs> listen with children under 10. He doesn't exist. He does. I saw him twice. But I, anyway. was just his, I was just his, his appointed representative. Are I was you, his ambassador. Yeah. Were you in Harrods in Knightsbridge? Yeah. I love that. Yeah, so you've gone from Harrods ambassador. Father I'm Christmas really up market Father Christmas. Yeah, were they good presents? Did you get to see them? Yeah, what were the presents you were giving out? There were no presents. Basically what happened is that I was working in the toy department at Harrods. Um, It was a sort of of Christmas Christmas job thing. Um, This must have been in, oh God, this is like 1980 or something. I mean, a long, long time ago, before either of you were born. Um, And (laughs) and, uh, and they asked for volunteers to, to, to be Father Christmas. And I said, yeah, all right, I'll give that a go. And so you get wheeled out and you get put into a, a sort of a padded suit and a big beard is put on you. You go and sit on a chair um, and children would come and talk to you and, and you would ask them, you know, well, and have you been a good boy? Uh, and, you know, all this kind of stuff. <laughs> in a sort of ho, ho, ho kind of voice. Um, uh, and, and it was it was in a quite a sort of uncommercial way. It was pre-Mohammed uh, Al-Fayed and all that kind of okay, stuff. Okay, yeah, yeah. Parents. 
So it was quite unconventional. It was basically just, okay, James, you can go before the Christmas, do a couple of hours, and then and then and then um, George will take over, and you know, go back, you know, all of this kind of stuff is going on. Um, and so you would go there, and people would come sit on your knee, and they would ask you questions, and you would basically dispense cheer and jollity. Uh, and it, it was so such a weird thing to ask somebody who was how old was I? Eighteen? Yes. <laughs> <to be. laughs> But but actually, I think that probably stood you in good stead. I'm going to get a really good segue going in here because one of my first experiences with you was where you would come round the show gardens as we were building them and dispense sweeties. So Mm. I think I think that must have been as a result of your early experience as Father Christmas. Going around spreading, you do still do that. You spread cheer with your sweeties. Haribos and, and Haribos. peanuts. Yeah. yeah. Not peanuts, actually. I'm supposed to do peanuts anyway anymore. No. You don't, you don't, you bring biscuits out. Do you? No, 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 it's, it's usually Haribo. Oh, uh, yeah. Which biscuits in a bag? I can fit a lot of Haribo in a bag. Yes. Oh, but, yes. But, but biscuits are. That does lead me to. What I was going to say. What you were going to say. <laughs> we're not going to squabble. <laughs> we promise. But well, have you actually worked out who's going to say what in this never. No, we never do that. Well, no. we do. And then and then we change it. Let's not squabble about no. whether we squabble. Because that would be a bit meta. <laughs> but is that but what the, meta re- is? the reason that we wanted oh. you to come on next on this podcast, because we really felt you needed the right to after, apply. After Mark Diacono, yeah. who was our first yeah. guest. Because Mark yes. Diacono spilt the beans about the fact yeah. that you eat... Is this true? A whole packet of Jaffa cakes every day. Yeah. Does oh. not everybody? James has brought out. Oh my goodness. Two, and they're not, they are no ordinary packets. Not two, is three. three. They're like they're mega packs. Of, they're like, they they're are like, like, they're like ten, triples. Package, I mean, I don't eat the whole box of this every okay. day. So I the, can see wow. like nine, how many in each of those? There are three big boxes in James's hands. And each one has this got is 90 Jaffa cakes. Oh. 90. Okay, so, so how many would you eat so in a day? Nine then? days worth of Jaffa cakes. Do you have 10 a day? Do you so count- that's how many there are, there are in a packet. Uh, and do you, okay, so how do you do this? Do you spread them through the day or do you have them in one go? Or no, are they no, lunch? No, no, no. How do you it, do it, your... It's, it's a very, very, very important thing. It's tea time. Tea time is at five o'clock. Okay. And at five o'clock, I will have a cup of tea, which should be any cup of tea I'll have all day. And I will have 10 Jaffa cakes, which I think is a perfectly reasonable way of, of, of you know, bridging the gap between luncheon and supper. And, and how long has this been going on? Oh, gosh, years. And I used to I used to um, uh, eat digestive, chocolate digestive biscuits at that at tea time. And there was just too many. Of, I mean, it was just, yeah. you know, yeah, you can't you can't. Make it, make it then. Whereas Jaffa cake, a Jaffa cake is a very insubstantial thing. There's nothing to it. It's 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 like thistle <laughs> yeah. down on the tongue, uh, and it just sort of vanishes and disappears. And and you can you can fit a whole Jaffa cake in your mouth at one go. Okay. So it's basically ten mouthfuls. That's not really a lot, and not very I, much. I was going and to ask I you Jaffa cake. I was going to ask you how you eat a Jaffa cake. So you pop it. You don't kind of take the chocolate off or dissect it in any way. Just all in one. All in. No. It it's not sometimes all in one or it's all in two, depending on depending on whether one's on the telephone or not. Do you put it in your tea ever? Do you basically dip it? So do, but, you, yeah. do you dunk it? No, 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 you can't dunk it. I mean, I'm not sure about dunking anyway. I feel that I was told by my mother at a young age mm. that dunking was a good thing to do. Yeah, it's like watching, watching, like watching ITV was not really acceptable. Yes, <laughs> I know the same, absolutely, yeah. which is which is why we continue to to. Do it, yeah. To ITV friends. children's programs. My mum's going to be listening to this. She, I wasn't allowed to watch ITV children's programs. Magpie, Magpie, no. Uh, Blue Peter was oh. successful. Magpie was not. I don't quite know why. I don't know what Magpie. Who's on Magpie? What were they doing? They what, they I have no idea like, what it was. And there was one no. called How. Do you remember? How, yes. Oh, no, I can sing the tune. I can sing yeah, the tune. I don't think you're probably allowed to now. Da, 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 oh, da, 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 oh yes, one, yeah, yeah. It? No, there's that one. And then there was one about. Why don't you start watching the television and go outside? Yeah. Yes, why don't you? Was it Jaffa TV? Yes, because oh. the presenter had a beard. And presenters on BBC One, children's programmes, you can bet your bottom dollar they didn't have beards. No, they did. Beards, 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 beards disapproved of. 
Yeah. Beards were unacceptable. Okay, but but apart from my music teacher, he had a beard. Well, music. Sorry, but the man who did finger bobs had a big beard, and I'm sure that was BBC. I just think the whole the, the whole idea of finger bobs is something quite yeah, stressful. Again, again, something else that we should, we can't really go into. Yeah. But going back to the the biscuit Biscuits. conversation, obviously, we we thought we were being yes. frightfully original and hilarious by having our biscuit of the week. When um when then Mark again, Mark Diacono and you both reminded us that you ran quite a long-standing blog about biscuits yeah. in the blogging we days. We, we set it up. I said, I remember writing it one evening and thinking, okay, this would be quite funny to do this. And then we thought, oh, I would have been a fillet with. And so we wrote various articles. And then we got other people to write things about biscuits. And then and then we also, we, we instituted a whole honours system, basically. <laughs> oh, and if you could like three articles... Then you were, it, it was basically based on, do you remember Club Biscuits? Yes. And there was the Club Fruit and the Club Orange and the oh. Club Mint and the Club Plain. Yeah. And if you did, if you contributed three um, articles, then you were allowed to to call yourself Plain Club. So you would be Joe Thompson, Plain Club. You would put it oh. on, on, on your and all sorts of things like that. I and love if you did that. Six, then, then you would be Nina Baxter. Of the orange, and he was, be, <gasps> he, he would be, you know, he would be, be like being getting an MBE or an OBE or. Yeah. A, like okay, so, so, oh, so I, want, I would want to be Mint Club. Is that? It's yeah, way I think better. You probably than... have to do about nine in order to do oh, that. Okay, okay. <laughs> you would write about biscuits are 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 are, are a huge mine of of all sorts of things to lots of people, and that they're a comfort and they're a an indulgence and they're a, a naughty thing and they're a, an important thing and I don't yes, think that an essential works. thing the other thing about biscuits when you are a landscaper which you've done the biscuits that are served to you by the client is actually quite important and you judge your clients yeah. on the quality of their biscuits yes yes you very best true. client I ever had was in Camberwell in 19... 19- 80, yeah, probably, I think it was 1989, possibly tipping into 1990. And this client, every day, would bring us out a packet of balsam biscuits. Oh. And balsam biscuits, yeah. those German biscuits, with yeah. chocolate that is, that is about a foot and a half thick on them. Yes. Every day, they would give us a packet of these biscuits. Oh. Um, you know, and that, that, yeah. that, is, that's, that client is gold. Balsam biscuits got their... No, they're not an individual packaging. Aren't no, they? but they do have no. quite a lot of. They're in a tray, though. They're in a tray. They, they are in a tray. They're absolutely. They're, they're in their own sort of individual. Yeah. Barge, I think. Barge, yeah, yeah. It's a gondola. It's a gondola of biscuits. Oh. <laughs> well, last just... time my biscuit of the week was custard creams. What do you think of custard them? creams? Yeah. Custard creams, custard. <sighs> Custard creams are okay. I mean, they're not the they're, they're not the first ones you go for in a no. in a selection box. I'm with they? you. I'm with you, James. I'm with I you. I can't believe you're both mad. No, no, no. I mean, they're I mean, they're all right. I don't mind them. I mean, one of the interesting things is 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 a selection box. You ever have a selection box? Yeah, yeah. Christmas. You have to eat a selection box in order. Okay, and what's the Do order? You? you have to start. Top left-hand corner, and you have to go across. <laughs> and then like do you that. go? Do you go left to right, left to right, or do you go left to right, and round. drop down, right to left? Do you no, no, no. Across, it, like no, you, it's like writing. You go left to right, left to right, left to right, left to right. Because okay. otherwise, otherwise, it all becomes you know. It's like doing Japanese. You're suddenly going both ways, and it then becomes confusing, and you can't remember where you are. But mm. then, surely, if it's a square box, you can just rotate it <laughs> to. To that, that, who, are you, who are you cheating? You're just cheating yourself. <laughs> There's no advantage. Oh, believe me, I spent quite a lot of time doing that, trying to work out the uh, the advantage. Just when and you're going to end up with you're going to end up with the nice. Are they called nice or nice biscuits? Nice. Those ones that they do coconut. I'm not sure I've ever oh, yeah. coconut. No, I'm not a fan of those. What, the nice, sort of nice nice biscuits, biscuits. Yeah, yeah with the sort of funny the funny sort of sugary sugary, stuff on, sugary on, stuff on the top, top. no do you think it is nice or nice nice i think because it's nice actually because that sounded more hyacinth bouquet didn't yeah. it or do you yeah. think they are nice no 
they're nice, aren't they? Do you know the story? But they're not nice. That's what's the, no, that's the whole, whole They're not irony nice, thing. nice. Do but, you actually know? I need to look Is it up. pronounced nice? I've no we idea. Don't know. I don't know. Think, is, it, is it south of France? But they don't have biscuits in the south of France, do they? Well, not those ones. They have biscuits in Italy and you have biscuits for breakfast in Italy. Yeah, so which we biscuits are do. definitely yeah. not naughty in so in Italy. So moving anyway, on, if do we okay. believe that Jaffa cake is a biscuit though? Because the the jury is out on this. No, the jury the jury is 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 you know it's been tried in in the courts of of this country, and, and that it isn't a it isn't a biscuit. It's a cake, which it's is a you know, cake. Right. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it, in, and it's and it's Giacomo's theory that you know if it gets stale, then it's a cake, right. and if it, it gets that's, soft, that's, that's the one. That's the one. So, yeah. James, in which yeah. case, as you can't have Jaffa cake as your biscuit of the week, what would that be? Oh, why can't I have Jaffa cake as biscuit of the week? Because it's a cake. Yeah, but oh, you had you cake with your. I had cake. Yes, you did. No, no I you know had. I had millionaire shortbread, which I argued was a biscuit because it's got shortbread in it. Oh, but then I did have fritelli, those little sort of bread and butter yeah. pudding donuts. So I think we should probably. Shall we allow uh, you to have Jaffa cake? Okay, I'm going to go for. I'm going to go for a classic. Okay. Go on. A classic, which is basically a milk chocolate digestive. Yeah. Yeah, I like that style. Joe, Joe's not. Joe's shaking her head because she don't. Don't she like can't have chocolate, chocolate on any biscuits, can you? I like chocolate and I like biscuits, but together it ruins the chocolate, ruins the digestive. Give me a big pack of digestive, which in fact is probably what I've But at the same time, you'll eat a custard cream. Then you like yep. custard in one place and biscuit in another place. But that's, but that's not custard, is it? That's exactly. Sort of... so, so it's going under false pretenses, basically. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's wearing a hat and a pair of sunglasses and possibly a trench coat. <laughs> I'm just also laughing to myself, not just about the biscuits, but I've got an, a note here. I found a an article from 2005 from The Guardian. This is going back in the back in the day where you are in a it's 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 true. You know, they said Britain's greatest plantsmen show us round their own home patch and the green fingered guru. James Alexander, you're a green fingered guru. Um, along with Monty Don and someone else who whose taste, expertise, and eccentricities have shaped the way we garden. Yeah, there you go. I don't that at all. Two thousand five. I'll send it to you. So we've got what Beth. Chatto, obviously, thinking of your S and M garden. Yeah, Beth, Beth Chatto, Dan Pearson, Monty Don. You must have seen this again. Going back to the Chelsea Flower Show, you must have seen it when when the show is open and Monty Dawn is sitting in the BBC Tower, which is open, although it's high, it's open and you can see him. And suddenly, I'd say a good fifty percent of all the visitors flock to that area and they start screaming at him. Don't they? Mm. It's like a Beatles concert. It's quite scary, actually, just to, to witness it. What's what he's really good at, actually, if you. If you see him walking through a crowd, and uh, you can't uh, you can't get his attention, he's basically in this sort of zone. I mean, I've 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 sort of sort of had to actually come and sort of basically pretty much punch him in the ear to get him to listen to what I was trying to say, um, because he's just zoned zoned out. And he's I've seen him do that in a crowd at Chelsea, and the other place where he's done it is in the gentlemen's lavatories at the NEC. <laughs> And well, you can wander in there and say hi, Monty, and he's just not there at all, at all. <laughs> sort of, so he's somewhere he's, else, completely different. Oh, he's well, sort of a very got, good. Um, he has a sort of out of body mechanism. Yeah, it's quite useful he's, to be able to do that. Yeah. He's drifting. He's drifting. He's sort of, sort of floating, floating on. But yes, there are a lot of, there are a lot of, of, of people who shout and yell and scream and and. Yes. And, you think and, it's going to? Do be they, like, is it sort of like Tom Jones concert? Well, do they or, throw I mean, underwear up onto the? You know, I wouldn't BBC be surprised. Recording I don't think, think so. On that on that subject, there was a party on a garden at Chelsea quite a long time ago. Well, we found a pair of pants in the morning <laughs> on the garden. It wasn't one of yours, Jess, it was somebody else's. Yes, that's brilliant. That's a good story. Of, we like it. But it was nice to do with my Monty is Monty is 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 or I've known Monty since I was 17 and he was a jewellery designer. So I've known him mm. for a long, long time. Yeah, um, uh, and and it's all about it's all about his hands. I think probably I think all these all these all these these um, people Indeed. who are shouting at him. It's about that sort of slightly rough, yes. toy 
you know, yeah. uh, um, uh, horny he, son's horn... toil and all that sort of thing going on. Absolutely, because I remember that shop in was it in was it in South Moulton Street or am I thinking Beach of another place. shop? Yes, Beach and Place. That was it. it was and he had a very. I remember seeing a. I've got this picture in my mind of him looking very dashing in a in a sort of velvet beret. I yeah, think. I make really yeah. sure. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so good the... for him. So, yeah, always creative. Um, what I did remember the other day was that Alan Titchmarsh did have dogs. I'm thinking about Monty, Gardner's dogs. Dogs. Yes, yeah. Nina's oh. looking at me like I've gone mad again about my train of thought. And I'm sure Alan Titchmarsh had dogs on Gardener's World. I, I don't remember I think, that. I'm I don't sure think I he did. did. No. I think we need to ask him. When you next see him, can you can you check? Because either I'm imagining he, that. Or I don't think he's got a dog now. No, I don't, I don't think he's very doggy. No, I think there was a cat, actually. I think there was a ginger cat. Do you? Are you making that up? No, I'm not. I, I, think, I think Alan is a cat man. How, and Monty is a, a dog man. How can we find well, out? Well, we James will have to find out for us. I'm terribly excited because I am going to be doing something at some at a at a spring fair, and Richard E. Grant is going to be judging the dog that looks most like its owner competition. Amazing. Okay. This is at the Dalesford Spring Fair, mm. actually, in um, coming up in in the well, no, spring summer, and you're you going you're, that's around the corner from me. I shall come and watch. Oh, come along! I'm coming too. But I was wondering if there are any other. I was thinking about dogs. Do and, you think Monty looks design. like his dog? No, I you just don't like Labrador either. To be perfectly honest, no, no, you don't. Neither chocolate nor yellow. No, no. So are there some? I'm wondering. So you shouldn't. Oh, you shouldn't enter. You won't win it. I had a dog yeah. called Wilson. Um, was my first dog, and I bought him on a uh, on a stall in Shepherd's Bush Market for eight pounds. <gasps> oh. He was there. There were two dogs. It was basically in a cage on a stall. Um, uh, and I said, "How much is that?" And he said, eight quid." So I had said, "I'll have that one." And then Wilson basically followed me around for the next, oh, I don't know, 15 years, I suppose. He had a red oh. handkerchief around uh. his neck, so I could see him quite a, long, quite a long way away. And I decided early on, which is you know, not something that I should recommend, is that he was never going to go on a lead. And he was just going to be there. So he just used to walk beside me all the time, which was fine. So early on in, in, in his life, um, we were walking around, we were walking down the street somewhere in London, and I suddenly turned around, he wasn't there. Oh, no. And I thought, oh, my God, my God. So I spent hours running around the place, looking here, looking there, looking into, asking people whether they've seen him and all this, all this sort of stuff. And it transpired that he got on a bus oh, and just Wilson. gone off somewhere. And I had to go and get him from Battersea Dogs Home the next day, where he was in a cage with a load oh, of other dogs. Oh, and, no. and I arrived, and, and he, they were all barking like anything as they do in Battersea Dogs Home. And he obviously recognised me, and I recognised him. And there was all sort of elbowing for all the other dogs that way, so he could get to the front. So he, I knew he was there. Um, and he came home with me after that. But it was oh, it, Wilson, it, oh, you could escape. <laughs> what are you doing yes, getting what, on a bus? And what, what, what was Wilson? What did Wilson, he... Wilson was a Shepherd's Bush Terrier. <laughs> so do you did he look like did you resemble each other in any way? No. Oh, we, yeah. More in no, character. Not really. <laughs> not really. Isn't it? We both we, we were both we were both walking around the place. Uh, and we were having quite a nice time, and he looked—he looked quite cool, and I wasn't wearing very many clothes because that was that sort of landscapery thing uh, where you have your shirt off and and be all bronze and muscly and uh, you know show off your tats and all that, all the, all of that kind of thing with very very small shorts, which is what landscapers had in those yeah. days. Yeah. Yes, yeah. But health and safety now—that just wouldn't. My wouldn't first experience of of landscapers like that was I was the very first build actually, and they were Antipodeans, and so they wore practically nothing yeah and I remember there was they had to pour concrete and instead of actually putting anything on or putting proper boots on they just wrapped themselves in cling film <laughs> what <laughs> yeah they actually did yeah well because concrete is obviously you know corrosive so they they just wrapped their legs in cling film while they were pouring these footings for this wall in concrete so, so rather than putting on any proper clothing, that's what <laughs> that's that is. when you need it. I would have thought it would be more effort to wrap yourself in kin. Well, yes, I know. 
putting on this your is, boots. Uh, yeah, and imagine is, and is, taking it all off again. But that's when you needed phones. You think, oh, that, you know, yeah, uh, oh, this phone, was, I mean. yeah, this was pre-camera phones. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't pre-cameras, but not pre-cameras, still, but you wouldn't have had a camera phone. Yeah, no, I, I didn't have any of that. So, yeah, so that's the landscapers with little on cameras. I. One of my, well, it's a, it's a sort of little bit, it's not a big regret, but it's just one of those annoying things, is that is that I never took photos of anything, of gardens. You know, gardens I was making, or gardens, of, you know, this was kind of 25 years ago. Were you were you sort of, I'm just trying to think, were you organised at, at I have some making records? Well, you were a photographer, so. Oh, yes. I was, uh, for my photography days, I was, basically I worked in an advertising um, photography studio in, in Poland Street. Um, up in Soho, I wasn't very good at it, really. I, I, my my main thing is 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 remembering being sort of up in the on the ceiling, and there was a Range Rover parked underneath it. And we we're doing this first draft, which was where they were going to divide it in half, and half it was in the snow, and half it was in the sun to show that it was good in cold and hot and all that. Uh, kind of. mm. My job was was to grate this piece of polystyrene on a cheese grate. <laughs> on this thing so I did that and then another time I had um we did a photograph with some chicken some you know frozen chicken and at the end of the day I thought well I'll have that and I took it I took it home and I wasn't quite sure how to cook it so I boiled it oh my god and had a dinner party and surprisingly (laughs) enough nobody died but I'm my god you offered that to other people it's like the male Bridget Jones (laughs) Sort of con- constantly in in scrapes. But well, I was going to ask you one thing actually because we asked Mark. Well, I'll tell you, Joe has a party trick, which is, yeah, yeah, she'll do it for you trick? if you're very lucky. Is that she can recite Pam Ayres poems in Pam Ayres' voice? No, I know, I heard, yeah. I've heard yeah. her yeah. do it. So this is Joe's party trick, and we discovered that Mark Diacono's party trick is that he can balance a lot of coins. Two, p- two pence, two, two p-, p coins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. then catch them. And he's very, very good at that. He so, said he was very good at it. Did you well, see? He, no, 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 to be fair, we didn't see photographic or visual evidence of this, but I, I will accept his word. So, is there a party trick, James, that you are very good at? Um, I can. I, I'm, I'm going with Joe here rather than these these rough Devonian sort of um, you know, physical things. Diakno can do. He's very good. He's Diakno's very good at billiards or snooker, and he's very good at uh, ping pong. And the thing about the two p coins, I don't believe it. I think he's just lying. Yeah, to we you. need to see. He's, he's a he's a mendacious Devonian. But but I'm going with Joe, and I can recite three quarters of Albert and the Lion. Which is a, a, a monologue yes. that was, that was um, written by Marriott Edgar and recited by Stanley Holloway. Uh, and I learned yes. this when I was about eight. But my main problem is, and I've tried to, to, to get this better, I can only get yeah. so far and then I forget the rest of it. <laughs> it's just the one yeah. where he falls into a lion's cage. Or there's something. a famous seaside place called Blackpool that's noted for fresh air and fun. Mr. and Mrs. Ramsbottom went there with young Albert, their son. A nice little lad was young Albert, all dressed in his best, quite a swell, with a stick, with an horse's head handle, the finest that Woolworths could sell. You know, you carry on. I'm not going to give you the whole thing, because otherwise all your readers will go that off is, somewhere else. That is magic. That's amazing. We need to have, I do remember that poem now. We need to have a soiree, you know, sort of salon of an evening, where, yeah. where people we, do turns. Yes. Recite, yeah, no, turns to turn. That's, that's how we used to operate before the telly arrived. That's it? true. Yes. That's true. Did it turn? Turn? But there was Twister that we had, didn't we? Yeah, or well, musical we evening. We had Twister musical was not evenings. suitable for the older gentleman, I'll tell you that. We lacked flexibility. <laughs> I don't think I could do Twister. No, I don't think I could do Twister either. I don't think I could do it then, actually. But, but we should. Yeah. Have you ever played Ludo? Yes. Yes. I never have. No, I never understood Ludo. You haven't missed anything. You've missed nothing. It was very boring. It was about getting all your counters from one place to another. So it was just a race, basically. So not not exciting. There weren't snakes and ladders or anything interesting. No, no, No. nothing exciting at all. Board games in my family, I I was... People were very reluctant to let me 
join in the board games because they <laughs> always said I cheated and I didn't cheat I just found a quick way I found a quicker no. way to win you cheated, so, basically. <laughs> my, my, my sister used to have a fit we used to play something called Woodland Happy Families you know we well, I used to have that, that sort of stuff. Yes. my sister would go into complete meltdown if she didn't get Miss Mouse so, so oh. I realised early on that the the, the the way to a quiet life was just to say, look, here it is, just have it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I remember oh, like I loved the Woodland Happy Families. I think I had a rabbit. I think Rabbit Family was my favourite. I don't know. The frog Family were quite fun. Yes. There were frogs, there were mice, there were voles, I think, and all sorts of things. I'm going to yeah. have to do a lot of research after this because I don't know. I feel like I missed but, out. Again, Mum, if you're listening. Did you have Fuzzy Felt? Friend? Yes. Loved Fuzzy Felt. Definitely had Fuzzy Felt. Fuzzy Felt was, was, was really quite cool, a cool thing. Fantastic. Uh, I mean, all those things. Lego is the best thing in the world. Apart from when you tread on it with yeah. a barefoot. Yeah. You know, it's treading, there are two things you shouldn't tread on. One is Lego. And people who have cats, like me and Nina, will know that when cats eat a mouse, there's one particular organ that they always leave behind. Which oh, fits very neatly in between your toes when you tread oh. on it. I know it's slightly hard and a bit shiny. I'm not quite sure which organ it is. Oh but it's, God! It's well, luckily, Touchwood, that hasn't happened. He yeah. hasn't brought one in. So that's reminded me of you. I mean, I know you have very talented children, James. And didn't you? Didn't one of your children spend a while stuffing animals? Or yes, Stroma. My my daughter uh, her, was toying with her career. Whether to, whether to be a taxidermist or a pastry chef, <laughs> and her her final exhibition at at university was a, a mixture of the both. In that she basically made this amazing <laughs> cake that had a stuffed bird in it, um, <laughs> and there were sort of squirrels coming out of jellies and all those sort of things. But she, in the end, settled to be a pastry chef, and she is a remarkably talented pastry chef. Oh, wow. Yes, we'll go and follow her on Instagram. She's called at Stroma Bakes. We um, will, we will. She's really good and clever. She, she was ahead of her time. I mean, that's the sort of thing Heston Blumenthal went on to do, but she was doing it before him. He I probably imagine. copied yeah. her. He he, sh- he will have copied her. He may well have done. I mean, yeah. the advantage is that what he made may have been edible, whereas I'm not convinced that the stuff that she's making with half a dead squirrel in it was actually... <laughs> oh, sort of oh so they were real... They actual dead squirrels. They weren't fondant dead squirrels, yeah. and they they were actual real, real, very, real proper, very, proper dead squirrels. And mold, stuff a mole every so often. Um, you know, when you catch them, catch catch oh. them, mole catcher. He used to used to provide moles, and she would uh, do unpleasant things with them as well. It's quite fun stuffing things. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think sometimes when you go into those, yeah, if you go into a room that's full of stuff, I don't know. Some old house somewhere, and you've got a Tatton yeah, Park, absolutely full of stuffed animals. To, that's yeah. where it is. I'm trying to remember where where I've seen them, but it is extraordinary. My pub had a really good stuffed squirrel sitting on a rocking chair, and somebody stole it. Yes, good. well, you but, used to get you get those scenes, don't you, of all the squirrels playing poker, and you know who was it? It was a very famous yeah. stuffer. There's a famous, uh, and she's, she's probably still around. She's probably still doing it. I can't remember the name of the artist who does it, but I'm sure that we need to. Your brilliant oh, yeah. will tell you. Yes, we need to find that it's out. Squirrel yeah. tableau. So, yeah. moving from smoothly from stuffing animals to your good works for charity, <laughs> <laughs> which has to be one of the best, I think. Uh, Segway. You know, mm. Really, really. No, I really want yeah, to talk to you. I, I really, 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 really want to talk to you about the, the you know, you, you design wonderful gardens, you make really good telly, you write great books. You do a lot of work for charity and some of that is on the surface and we know that you've designed a garden for the for example for the the fabulous charity Horatio's Gardens but but you do a lot more than that that you do a lot of stuff I I feel that or we both feel you do you do it because you're you know you're not showing off you do it because you really want to help these these places you want to either create gardens for for charities or help them raise funds and I was looking at the recent so you're you're working you are working on a garden for a hospice for the Priscilla Bacon mm, I do Priscilla Bacon Lodge which is in Norwich it's eight acres of hospice garden because because one of the things that is going to happen to all of us is that we're going to end uh, and, and nobody nobody should die while looking at the bins 
um, or, or staring, staring at a wall. So, so, so if you can, can make it so that, so that your last sight on this earth is of a garden or of something growing or a tree, then that's that's a pretty good thing to do, really, isn't yeah, it? I it think really it's quite is. fun. So, so, so we're doing this thing, and and it some of it is 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 nightmare because there's an awful lot of bureaucracy and bits and pieces. Mm. But in the end, we will create a garden in which people will die with a smile upon their faces. I hope. Yeah. That's basically the point, point, point of the idea of it. So yes, I'm doing that. That's what I want to do. I want to be in a... And I want to be in a community of people as well, I think. We can play games together and go on trips to the seaside. Oh. Yeah, it's, 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 it should be like, yeah. like being at yeah. should play be, school. Yeah. Yes, it's exactly it. That's exactly it, yeah. But like being at play right. school. So it's all the money raised for that then. That's happening, that garden. The... Yeah, that, it's happening. I mean, they're, they're, they're pretty amazing. The people over there, and they were, they've raised twelve million pounds to build a building and to do this brand new hospice. Uh, and various people have given them land and all sorts of things. And the garden, we need some more money, but we're nearly there. So, my original question, that of course I've never asked because I've forgotten, which is the going back to the the whole idea of the Renaissance man, the Renaissance person, is Renaissance. is there is there stuff that you're bad at? So you can do, you can design, you can judge. You're really good at auctioneering, by the way. I've seen you do that and you're Thank fab. You. Um, is there, are you good at science or maths? No, to be perfectly honest, um, no, I'm not. I'm rubbish at science. I mean, there's a number of things that I'm, that I'm rubbish at. I'm, I'm quite good at showing off, basically. It's what it's what a lot of a lot of the things that you describe. Um, uh, but but no, I'm not good at science. I'm not good at maths. I failed my maths O level five times. Oh, um, congratulations! I had to be smuggled out, and 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 I had to go and sit at sit a CSE. There was something called a CSE, which yes, was like no, a sort of lower this. thing. Yeah. Um, some somewhere else and it, it, it it's something i don't know why and it's something that, that i'm not proud of because i feel that maths is quite important to most people so so i'm not very good at maths science ugh, physics my, both of my sons did physics a level and and, <gasps> and, and i think you think gosh how where, where what what did that so no i was rubbish i'm not very good at science uh what else am i not very good at um, I'm not very good at cooking, but I'm really not very good at cooking at all. Really? It's not like Diakono. He's the he's the Renaissance one. He can cook and then photograph what he's what he's cooking, and then yes. and then get some and then you know all of this sort of nonsense. Um, uh, there are a number of other things. I'm I'm quite good at juggling. Are you okay? Balls. Uh, I can juggle balls. I can I can't I can't juggle clubs. I, I, that's that's a whole. I was other going thing. to ask you. I couldn't remember what how many. How many things. balls can you juggle? Only three. Come on, give me a break. Okay. Yeah, that's but that's still that's three. That's pretty impressive. Three is hard. Beyond but, two. Oh, are we oh. going to get a demonstration? Ah. Okay. So we can see. I'll do it I'm sitting down. Oh. Three. No, 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 James is now <laughs> juggling. Badly. James is three. juggling. Oh, and, <laughs> James and, is juggling. And now, and now, and now I'm now going to introduce got... the chainsaw. Yeah. <laughs> I'm now juggling a chainsaw. <laughs> And the flaming, this the is flaming clubs again, are coming up. More podcast gold, isn't it? Yeah, really, absolutely. This is <laughs> why people keep coming back. That is <laughs> well. I think I am going to. Yeah, the next the next time we're at Chelsea. Well, in fact, you need to. We're going to be meeting up pretty soon, so yeah, you need to have three balls in your pocket. I will three I'll juggling balls. balls. I've got some juggling yeah. balls somewhere. And mm. and what was the other thing we need? Oh no, and the two P pieces for. Oh, for, for Mark. Oh, so he, has to, for, for he, he needs to prove that. that he can do that. Yeah, lovely. Yeah, because you can't just say, oh, I can do that. I could say anything, basically. Yeah, yeah. you should have done that. <laughs> no, no. I thought that, I thought that the recital was fabulous. And it was, you know, actually. I am a, I'm a huge fan. I'm going to go away and read that poem again now. I remember it. Maybe you could learn a bit of a poem. Have oh, you got the really? party trick? Nina. Oh no! Don't tell it. I think it's, it's a James. Good thing We're talking I about James now. Learning, yes, actually, learning, I have got a posh trick. Learning poetry is quite a fun thing to do, but it's something I'd never really get around to because it wouldn't have been. It's nice just to be able to turn around and say blah 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 and come out with a Shakespeare sonnet yes, yeah. at opposite moments. Well, that's that's what I used to say. So in my very first career, when I was a teacher, um, did you mainly, teach? Yes, mainly because the holidays. <laughs> <laughs> and no so what happened was I I'd, I'd um yes I I sort of was 
casting around thinking thinking what I should do and I taught in a, a very nice girls school in in London for three years and I was it was like the blind leading the blind I yes. spent a night in a girls school once really yeah I had to hide in the, I had to hide in the cupboard at breakfast time when they all went down to breakfast it was a boarding school and and then I had to sneak out when they were in breakfast without, without any of their teachers catching me do you know, I know a girl who's told that story. I wonder if it's the same one. I've got to remember who, who it was. But I think, um, I think we should probably keep names out of it at this stage. I know, but, we really, yes. really, we really should. But anyway, in my first career when I was teaching, and it was very much a case of blind leading the blind, there was a a games mistress who would say to these these very, you know, these these lovely girls who were all in a very smart expensive London girls junior school to say to them though there's there's one thing you need to know in life girls and that's to be able to dive off a yacht <laughs> and so I used to say to say to my girls I was, I was quite Jean Brody at the time for about three years and um, I used to say to them learn a poem learn a poem by heart and so each mm. week I used to used to give give them a poem to learn, and there was one Tarantella. Do you remember? Do you yes. remember? Yes, yeah, I do. do you remember it? Yeah. Anyway, and then so now, when occasionally I do come across some of my girls, they still remember the poems. Yeah. However, many years later, thirty but years. Can later. they dive off a yacht? Well, <laughs> which is of course a life skill we all need. Which is an important thing to be able yeah. to do. There used to be a thing where you had to be, there was a model school in Knightsbridge called Lucy Clayton. Yes. Remember that? Yes. Ages. Yes. And they used they had in their in in the in their classroom, they had half a sports car to teach the girls how to get out of the sports um, car. I can imagine. Pants, yes. I yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes, there was yeah. I always thought that's a more useful yes. skill than diving off a yacht, personally. Oh, much more useful. Yeah. Yeah. And what are the hazards in diving off a yacht? Do your does your bikini bottoms come off? Or... Well, I suppose you need to know. You need I mean, to look graceful and not do a belly flop. I used to watch them thinking, "Well, I've never been taught to dive off a yacht because I and I can't dive. I have to I hold dive. my nose and jump in feet first, so it's not very glam. So there are never going to be paparazzi photos." I shall tell you what is more important than diving off a yacht is actually climbing back onto the yacht again with elegance. gracefully. Oh yes, without your bikini bottoms falling yeah. down, or with you know with dripping water and all of this sort of thing, and then you have to sort of shake your head and and you know all of those sort of stuff. <laughs> that's so that's actually more of a skill. I think yeah. that's what we should be. Yeah, we'll be concentrating, but you can't really practice. So James, every episode. We like to think of somebody who we all should be more. So I'm going to put it to you. Who would you be more? Who should we all be more? Um, Margot Fontaine. There should be a sort of, we should, which, which is a sort of elegance and a slight um, air of superiority, but at the same time, a nice smile. That's lovely. That's beautiful. Yes, I would never have thought of that. We'll we all have that. James, thank you very much. I mean, obviously, I was willing you to say Simon Le Bon, Simon Le Bon. Simon well, we've Le bon. already done Simon Le Bon. But who needs <laughs> Simon Le Bon when we have had James exactly. Alexander Sinclair? James, us. thank you so much for joining us. It has been an absolute delight. It was lovely. Thank you very much indeed for asking me. I'm I am honoured and flattered because I, I have listened to your podcast and I think it is very charming. I listen to it when I'm weeding. Um, oh, uh, oh, good. It, it, it took over from um, who are those nice people who used to do a podcast? Um, uh, uh, J- Jane Glover and no, no, Fee Glover and, Fee and Glover. Uh, yeah, uh, Jane, Aww. Jane, God, how awful I can't remember. And I remember walking 25 miles in New York with them in my ears, and I could imagine walking 25 miles in New York with you in my ears as well. Oh, oh James, I'm going to cry. Oh, that's, that's lovely. so lovely. Thank that's you. So sweet. Be gone, Simon Le Bon. Be gone, James. James <laughs> Alexander Sinclair has taken your place. Thank you. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure. Thank you very much. That was fantastic. I loved talking to James. We could go on for hours and hours and yeah. hours, but let's think about our rich pickings from that fabulous conversation. Well, I'm going to start with that I will, I'll never let one of my dogs get on a bus. Yeah. Well, not without you. Not without with me it. with it. Yes. Alone. Never let your dog get on a bus alone. What about you? I'd say that um, rubber and chains in a garden... It's not necessarily a bad thing. Yeah, perfectly acceptable. Absolutely. 
And last of And all, I think I'm going to say, and I'm going to apply this to me, that everybody should have a poem that they can just recite at any moment. Yeah. And I think, you know what, if you if you set yourself learning, say, half a verse a week, you could learn one of those really long the, you know, you know what I mean, the long rambly poems. My name is Azimandia, um, yeah. King of King. That That's quite a short poem. Okay. But <laughs> but you could do that and then we could all have a we could have a soiree. Yeah. So on that note, we're going to say goodbye for now. Thank you so much for listening and join us again next time. Goodbye. <laughs>